Welcome back to the Dad and Rock Podcast. This is Sean. Hey, this is Chris. Hey, uh, we're here once again, another week of quarantine. I'm taking a look at you through FaceTime. Boy, you're looking raggedy. Yeah, uh, I mean, for the most part, I'm still kind of shaving, uh, but my goatee is uh, getting long, and it's getting long on purpose. You look like a scruffy-looking nerf herder. Oh, yeah, and it's all great, too. That's the most, disturb- <laughs> that's the most like, disturbing and mentally messing up thing in my brain. I don't have a gray hair on my head, but my beard and my goatee is getting so white, I feel the age. I'm running into the same thing where I just notice like just the smallest little uh, patch of white gray hair in my facial hair that's coming out here because I'm doing the same thing where, you know, I haven't been shaving. I haven't even been using the trimmer or anything, just kind of letting it go and kind of taking the edge off of it. But uh, I can, we're all getting old. Yeah. Now there's a purpose behind mine. Now I always kind of, I always wear mine and it depends on how I feel and how often I trim it. So sometimes it does get kind of long, but if you guys follow us on Facebook or anything, I had a trip to Disney planned. It was paid for the whole deal, and it was supposed to be June 1st. Yeah. And with all the craziness happening in the world, we had to go ahead, and we are being very optimistic. We delayed the trip to October, figuring, you know what, that's far enough out. Hopefully, they'll be reopened. Hopefully. You know, we'll have a grasp on things. But in the meantime, while they're closed, uh, my wife pretty much told me that she sees this as a silent protest. I am not trimming my goatee. (laughs) <laughs> until I get word that they're open again. Yeah, um, I wonder when that's going to be. You may look like ZZ Top by the end of this. <laughs> well, uh, by request of your wife, I am taking weekly pictures. So every Monday, uh, I'm taking a picture of it <laughs> to kind of get, I'm going to put like a collage together on how long it actually gets. And then per my wife's request, we will be doing a live stream on uh, Dad and Rock of when she actually takes it off. So she's going to have the clippers and she's going to take it down to as short as she can take it. There's a lot of trust on me giving her those clippers, man. She's uh she's a dangerous woman. <laughs> She'll go to the head. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is your so does your wife like you or prefer you clean shaven or no? No, no. She gets mad at me when I when I cut her off. Oh, really? Okay. She does not like clean shaven, but she does not like a beard. <laughs> so if I go full beard, she gets mad at me. So you've got to maintain this uh balance, this middle ground. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. And she doesn't mind it so much of where it's at now. I think if it once it starts getting longer, she's gonna be a little uh a little more apt to grabbing it when I'm in trouble. She'll go right for it. She won't scratch it. <laughs> She'll go for it and pull my head down. Like a billy goat. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, my wife is kind of the same. She prefers my my hair longer and my facial hair grown out. Anytime that I shave, she I mean, she legit gets upset. She does not like it. She gets mad at me. <laughs> I don't know if I just my, it looks like a baby face or she she's just not used to it. I honestly and I don't care for it either because at that point you just see how how much bigger my chin is and how that my double chin is really protruding when I don't have the uh, hair underneath to cover it up. <laughs> so I don't blame her, but every now and then you just kind of get bored with it, or you where you you go to trim and you just go a little too far, and you're like, well. I've come this far. Might as well go the whole way. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, I, I, I need to do it twice a year. Yeah. Usually it's in the fall and it's in the spring. Take it all the way off. Give myself a really good shave. Cut myself my chin about four or five times. Ooh. And then uh, be on my way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my chin does not take to a razor very well. It's, I mean, I can get it down as close as I can with the clippers and everything. But once I got to put a razor to it, for some reason, I always wind up cutting my face. Oh, man. 
And, and that may be why I don't shave. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Well, this episode, uh, surprisingly, not brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. So that's that's fun. You around the house kind of walking around a little bit more scruffy, I, you know. Uh, but one thing about you that is looking uh, kind of pretty these days are your toes. What's what's happening there? <laughs> you would bring up the toes thing because that's pretty funny. So uh, my daughter, Skylar, uh, is four years old. She is huge into the princesses and dressing up and playing doctor and playing, you know, what, what a lot of girls do with dolls and everything. Yeah. And she just got into, like, the press nail covers. So she's got, like, uh, Elsa or, you know, Frozen 2 things we put on her nails. And then her mom just started actually painting her fingernails. So she wanted to play dress up one day. And I was like, I just don't feel like doing it today. I don't want to do it. And then I kind of appeased her. I'm, I'm, it's kind of my fault the reason this happened. But I was like, how about this? How about you just paint daddy's toenails tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, she breaks out the purple, uh, you know, nail polish and she does it herself. I thought my wife was going to assist her with it, but she was like, I'm not touching those nasty things at the end of the day. You're out of your mind. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got purple toenails right now. Uh, still. Dude, yeah, still. Day. Oh, yeah. We're about a week. It's been about a week, though. This stuff isn't going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon unless I get some like nail polish remover. But uh, yeah, it's there. My wife kind of finds it funny, and my in-law skull is good, you know, a funny time. I, I recorded it. I put it up on uh, my personal page. Uh, I may find a clip or two to go ahead and put out there on our Dad in the Rock page to let you guys see my funky feet with purple toenails. Yeah, you mentioned uh, to me the other day uh, how you had purple toes, and immediately I, I thought maybe you'd broken a toe or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know me way too well. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, so yeah, that's good. So, uh, up top, you're looking rough. Down below, you're, I, well, I guess you're still looking rough, but you got, uh, purple, uh, purple toenails. I was, like, well, I, was, I was thinking you were like describing a mullet, you know, party in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Your business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> well, that sounds like good quality quarantine time. Uh, here over in this house, I don't have purple toes, but I have been, um, yesterday, in fact. Give you a little backstory. My work upgraded me from a uh, desktop tower to a laptop uh, a couple months ago. Uh, so what I did, I took that uh, Dell Optiplex uh, 3020, which for you, those of you who don't know, it's just kind of a standardized business model Dell tower. And uh, I kind of tricked it out. You know, I added RAM to it. Um, I added a graphics card, added all my retro games to it and hooked it up to the TV. And now it's a pretty dependable little um, uh, retro gaming system. But after that, I, you know, doing that research and finding the graphics card, it really gave me the bug to start looking around into uh, the world of PC building. And uh, I'm sure you guys have been there, you included, I know. Kind of you get down the rabbit hole on YouTube and you just keep going. Once you're going, there's, you're, you get to a point <laughs> of no return. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and sometimes I get stuck on something to where, you know, if I want to do it, I keep thinking about it until it's done. Uh, so that's what happened. I, I wanted to build a PC, and, and my wife, she's had a uh, a Mac, uh, an iMac from 2013 that still ran, but ran not very well. It's actually what we used to record the podcast here, and it was a fight to try to use it and edit on it and all kinds of things. So um, for her to try to use Photoshop, it really has kind of been holding her back. She's a photographer, and she hasn't wanted to edit photos on it because it's such a pain. Uh, so, you know, I took it upon myself to offer up building a new computer for, for that specific thing, you know, it can replace the Mac, it'll be your computer. Uh, but of course, you know, in my head, I just wanted the chance to, to build something. <laughs> you were looking for something to do and yeah. you're looking for a quarantine project. So essentially I asked my wife permission to build her a computer, um, which she eventually wore down and said yes to. 
she was like, it was one of those things where she was like, well, you're, I know you're just going to do it anyway, so I'll just go ahead and <laughs> tell you yes, so you go ahead and do it. But man, I mean, it's been a little um, rough because, well, I say rough, but I mean, third world problem. I ordered all my parts from Amazon, and because of the, the COVID thing, you know, Amazon is kind of uh, uh, delaying some orders, and, and some orders are, you know, speedy as they normally are. Picking um, and choosing with no real reason why some gets here fast and some doesn't exactly yeah so it took me uh about 10 days altogether to get everything that i ordered um i ordered a ryzen processor i ordered the uh, compatible motherboard for it uh 32 gigs of ram and uh, the computer case and all the bits and pieces you need to put this stuff together all along the way doing the research made sure everything was compatible with each other uh watching youtube videos of folks you know installation videos and pc building videos and I was ready. I was chomping at the bit. And finally, the last bit, the last little computer fan that I ordered, $12 computer fan, came in. <laughs> Been watching this thing come in bit by bit through my bedroom window as I'm working out of the house. Uh, you know, the Amazon people walking up to the door. And uh, finally, as of last night, I started building this thing. And, uh, man, I'm so proud of myself. At first, I got it all together. You know, you're screwing all these these pieces together. You kind of jamming things into the motherboard, hoping it's seated properly, and you also don't want to, like, you know, break the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they seem kind of fragile when you're kind of pressing, you know, putting RAM into the, the motherboard. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's kind of a sweet spot between, it's like, you got to, you know, sometimes these things don't jam together if you have a delicate touch. You kind of have to, like, get it in there. But anyway, it took a, a few hours for me to construct this thing, get it all together. I go ahead and plug it in. And I flipped the power switch on. Poof. And nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Not a light, not a whoosh of a fan, not a single noise. There's literally no noise between me flipping the switch on or off. Now, I know you pretty well. You didn't kick it? Oh, dude, I was, no, because I just spent all that time <laughs> putting it together. So, of course, you know, that, that time I'm, I'm watching more YouTube videos to see what the heck's going on. Uh, turns out that's exactly what it was. I didn't have the power supply plugged into the motherboard quite, uh, you know, hard enough, I guess. It wasn't seated properly. Once I opened it back up, did that, closed it back together, it uh, it came on. It was it was literally like Frankenstein's monster or something. Like, it's alive! It's alive! <laughs> Lightning going on, but... Uh, you have fireworks behind you. <laughs> <laughs> did it! <laughs> yeah, I, I totally did it. And, um, you know, I put windows on there. It, it took, uh, you know, the majority of the evening, but... As of today, my wife has been using it, and she put Photoshop on there, and she's zipping through all her actions and loading up her like her files that are uh, sometimes they're God, I swear they're like a gigabyte each. They're they're huge files, but it's just zipping right through them, and couldn't be prouder, man. I had my moment, so yeah, it, it's it's awesome. Been uh, it's kind of a beast. In hindsight, I wish I would have ordered a uh, smaller case. Yeah, I think I commented on Facebook, called it the Donk Donk case. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's pretty darn big, but what are you going to do? It works. It works and it works well. So, uh, hey, size matters. About that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> go big or go home. Well, yeah, well, you know, in the meantime, when you're doing, kind of doing all that, and, you know, I've had my thing going on, we've had a series that, you know, our show is usually pretty lopsided towards. We're usually a pretty big Star Wars, you know, show. I mean, we don't call ourselves a Star Wars show, but, uh, it's just, you guys know what our passion is just by, you know, what we talk about. Yeah, November, December was pretty Star Wars heavy. Yeah, yeah, go figure. Then then we decided we took a left turn and we went right into like WWE and WrestleMania and all that stuff. So we're trying to keep it diversified, but we have a series called uh, The Clone Wars still going on uh, that we haven't really touched base on for 
quite some time. I know we kind of, the last time we talked about it, I think it was back when the Bad Batch uh, was still the kind of the storyline that was happening. Yeah. And uh, that was, I think that ended on episode three or four, maybe. I'm, I don't I think quote four, me on yeah. that. And then they kind of went into, uh, we seen a fan favorite come back, Ahsoka Tano. I, I was pumped to see her character again. You know her mainly from uh, uh, Rebels. Is that, is, am I wrong in that? No, you're right. I mean, I'm I'm aware of Ahsoka, who Ahsoka is. I mean, she was kind of, um, I guess, arguably almost the main character of Clone Wars. Um, you know, she was introduced in that original Clone Wars movie that was out in theaters for, you know, maybe a week or two, uh, which is kind of panned. You know, she was sort of seen as sort of annoying character. But, you know, years of kind of spending adventures with her during the Clone Wars series, by the time she hit Rebels, I mean, people were just super, super excited to see her again, kind of an older version of her. Uh, yeah, so for to see her um, again at a very formative uh, part of her life and part of her story, um, I guess when we last saw her on Clone Wars, right, she had just kind of re- rejected the Jedi Order? Yeah, she walked away. There was a whole storyline where another one of the Padawans went ahead and uh, basically attacked the uh, the Jedi Temple. And she decided to go ahead, and she was basically called out for it. She was set up for it. And Anakin was able to prove she was innocent of the fact. But instead of being tried in front of the Jedi Council, the actual Imperial Senate wanted to try her there. And the only way they can do that was if the Jedi Council basically kicked her out of the you know the Order. So they had to go ahead and do that for that that other trial to take place. Yeah. And once that took place and then she was cleared, she felt betrayed by the Jedi Council. And she decided to walk away even when Anakin was begging her not to. And he was basically telling her it was one of the, the biggest mistakes she could make of her life. Oh, boy. <laughs> Honestly, I don't blame her. I'd probably do the same thing in her shoes. I'd feel, uh, I'd feel betrayed myself. And it's like, you guys didn't have my back when I didn't do this. Like... When I needed you the most, you turned your back on me. Yeah, exactly. So um, um, I guess, you know, we, we went through the uh, the Bad Batch batch of episodes. Um, how did that end up ending? I don't think we uh, talked through that last time. Uh, they went through. They, uh, they went ahead and they found Echo. Uh, basically, they disconnected him from, you know, the, uh, the machine or whatever he was on that was able to give the uh, Separatists, like, basically algorithms or whatever it was or however they were going to go ahead and fight. Yeah, like- like battle strategies. Yeah, exactly. So when they when they saved him, they went back to uh, whatever base that they were on. And Echo decided to become one of the Bad Batch. And I, I think you and I both expected a little bit more to come from that. Because it looked like yeah. he it may be a ploy for him to be able to infiltrate some more or, or whatever it was. But it seemed like it was just the, the end of that Bad Batch timeline. Uh, which I am really hoping that they get into more in the comics or a TV show or something down those lines. Yeah, me too. And we kind of talked about it last time we talked about the Clone Wars uh, Season 7. Bad Batch was a favorite of ours, reminded me of uh, the A-Team or, you know, kind of a ragtag group putting them together, uh, mercenaries to to help out the unfortunate. And, uh, yeah, it looks like if if they do continue any story, it looks like Echo would be a part of their little uh, outcast group, right? So um, I'd be way into that. Hopefully something does come to fruition with that. Yeah, then they kind of went right into what I've been anticipating. Uh, I I like seeing the growth of Ahsoka through Clone Wars. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, when her character started in the actual show, it's probably the exact same character they had in the movie. Now, I'm very guilty of not seeing the movie. That's surprising. But I've heard so many negative things about it. Just like like the Star Wars uh, Christmas special. Yeah. I'm not looking for that either. 
Well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's, I feel like you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, it's it's like necessity. But at the same time, I don't want to put you through that torture. <laughs> <laughs> so when we seen her again, it was awesome. I mean, she's you know on her speeder bike, kind of. She actually picks up. I think not that far after when she left. Yeah, because she's speeding away from something that didn't really show. But the only thing that makes sense of is that she's leaving the actual the Jedi Temple. And she gets all into, you know, what Ahsoka does. She gets all herself in different types of mess. She wrecked and landed on some platform down in the uh, underbelly of Coruscant. And she meets up with these two sisters. And one of them is really cool. One of them is really helpful. One of them is really nice. The other one is the more uh, shady of the two. I guess I think she's the older sister. Yeah, even though they look like twins. Yeah, they do very much look like twins. Yeah, one of them's building a ship, and the other one is trying to make money to go ahead and kind of keep them afloat. And she's dealing with, like, all types of different gangsters and everything and not paying them and getting them both in trouble. And Ahsoka's kind of sitting there like, hey, why are you dragging your sister into this crap? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, she kind of crash lands into the um, Coruscant underworld, um, which, you know, at one point before The Mandalorian and when George Lucas himself was still uh, writing scripts and, and trying to get together a live-action uh, Star Wars TV show, this was kind of the main idea for it, to, to go into the underworld of Coruscant and use that as a setting. Uh, so we might be getting a little bit of a glimpse of it here. But, yeah, she finds these two sisters who immediately, you know, they're kind of in, in up to their heads and in, in trouble, um, in debt to gangsters down there um, in the uh, the lower levels of the, you know, huge city planet. And uh, Ahsoka, I feel it was weird because the whole time she's, like, wondering if she even needs to stick around. I mean, she's thankful... Uh, to receive, you know, help and, and a friendly face from these uh, women. But at the same time, she's uh, wondering if she just needs to continue her journey, maybe not bring her trouble with her. You know, I, I mean, all in all, you know, these sisters, they this story arc with Ahsoka and these sisters, it kind of spanned, what, maybe two or three episodes? Three episodes, yeah. And um, it almost seemed like a bit of a, bit of a filler, a bit of a stopgap between the, the meat of the rest of the season. Well, I understand. I mean, after the, th- the third episode ended and you see what happened, I understand the arc of the three episodes. Yeah. But it could have been done in two. I feel like we lost right. an episode of our final season with them trying to show where Ahsoka was lost and then where she refound herself and refound the importance. Well, with what the Jedi Council and the Jedi used to be, not what they have become. Yeah. So she's been, she's very, she is probably one of the most, uh, to use a popular term, woke of the whole situation, <laughs> even more so than Yoda. Yoda isn't doesn't really see what's happening, and we see that happen, you know, play itself out in the movies, right? But uh, she actually can tell that the Jedi are way away from what the Jedi are supposed to be, and that's really why she found it that she walked away. Not so much that they turned her back on her, but she realized that they weren't doing the work of what the Jedi should be doing, right? Back, you know, with uh, Qui-Gon, he was supposed to be an ambassador, an ambassador of peace, I think were his words when he when he was meeting with the Trade Federation. So in that whole thing, when the uh, the Mandalorians approach her about, you know, going to a Mandalore to go ahead and try to hunt down uh, Darth Maul, she was like, okay, you know, that's that's where the force is leading me. This is what I should be doing yes. uh, once she found out he was alive still. Yeah, uh, really cool stuff. Um, and this is, you know, we're dealing with Mandalorians and we're dealing with the time of the Clone Wars here. 
um, which the the Mandalorian, the live action show that we all enjoyed quite thoroughly from November, um, also had snippets of uh, Clone War era Mandalorians that that saved uh, young Din Jardin from uh, the battlefield from some battle droids. You know, the uh, Mandalorians kind of flew off with them uh, to save him. Um, we're dealing with the same kind of time frame as uh, I think what's going on now here in the the Clone Wars. Um, so I'm wondering if there's going to be any crossover. You know, we did have uh, Moff. Gideon in the Mandalorian talk about the Siege of Mandalore, which it seems like we're kind of steamrolling right into. Yeah, that, and that's what this whole Clone Wars series is. The the main point of it's going to be it's going to be the Siege of Mandalore. I don't think it's a far f- reach to think if uh, Moff Gideon will show up in the series. I think if he does, since Favreau goes ahead and he produces both, I don't think it would be a reach to go ahead and see him maybe pick up the actual Dark Saber. At the end oh. of the actual season, then the credits roll and it's over. That would be something. Man, oh, man. Of course, Moff Gideon would pro- have to be a touch younger, probably a good 25, maybe 30 years younger, I'm thinking, uh, since The Mandalorian took place post-Return of the Jedi. But, yeah, that would be uh, some kind of thing. A young um, Imperial officer Gideon uh, getting his. <laughs> yeah, so, if, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the only way I could think they can connect it to outside of a uh, – not even rumor anymore. They went ahead and they casted Ahsoka for the Mandalorian. Yeah. So we're going to see a live action Ahsoka, which I'm excited about. I mean, she's probably one of my more favorite characters of the actual, uh, you know, of the, the Star Wars lore now. Right. I mean, between, you know, what we know from, you know, the Clone Wars and I've got her book and then I love seeing her pop up in, uh, in Rebels. So she's kind of one of the more widespread characters, if you think about it as well. Just because I mean, she's in more of the actual content. I mean, you got Yoda, which shows up in quite a bit, rightfully so. Right. But she's, I mean, when it comes to finding her in episodes, she is just as equally found, I think, in, in a lot of it. Yeah, she's been in animation. She's been in the comic books. She has her own novel. I mean, the only um, media that she hasn't been in thus far has been live action. And I think Rosaria Dawson coming on to play her um, here, I think it's going to mark uh, first as far as a uh, the first time a... A uh, character that was introduced in an animation uh, coming into the live action version, right? I believe so. Yeah, because I mean, everything else was live action than animation. Yeah, so it started obviously with the movies. So yeah, I mean, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm totally looking forward to that. And you're right. I didn't even think about that. I was kind of just focused on Moff Gideon. But you're right. I mean, Ahsoka does. I mean, she's cast. She's going to be in The Mandalorian. I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. I mean, it's possible that none of this stuff actually does happen. Um, But what is clear is that we're heading towards a pretty epic showdown between Maul and Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. With that, you you see it coming. And she's standing there, both lightsabers out, which was pretty cool. Uh, When you go back to the episode, uh, episode nine here. Uh, when she actually reaches out to Anakin, she uses a phrase or a call sign that um, Rebels fans are familiar with. And we actually get the back, you know, backstory behind it. She used Fulcrum. Yeah. Which was really cool. But come to find out, Fulcrum was actually a contact for Saul Guerrero. That was Saul Guerrero's actually contact. So she took that from him and she ran with it. But because, uh, yeah, Anakin was like, what's what's Guerrero want now? <laughs> yeah. Why do we need to come back to you know the ship to talk to him? And then he sees her. Basically, all the clones welcome her back with open arms. So like you know they know what she's done for them. She knows that they they're still saluting her, and, and it's throwing her off because they shouldn't be saluting her anymore. Right. But Anakin's like they respect you. They know what you've done, and that's why they're continuing to do so. Yeah, and I mean, come to think of it, 
you've got um, Anakin and these troopers kind of feeling one way, almost, you know, relieved and, and happy to see her again. And uh, everybody else that were surrounding Anakin kind of grumbly, grumbly about it. You know, <laughs> we referenced the trolls from last week. It may be just another division between, you know, Anakin and the council here. Just one more reason that Anakin has to be like, you know, oh, I this. I'm a Sith now. <laughs> I loved the interaction, the back and forth, almost confrontational mm-hmm. interaction between her and Obi-Wan. Yeah. When she everyone's like, well, I got to go to the councilman. And she speaks up pretty, pretty loudly. So we don't have time for that. Right. And then Anakin kind of steps in, unlike Anakin, to be the peacekeeper. And was like, how about we, you know, promote Rex to captain? Well, she just goes ahead and goes along with Rex, just kind of a, almost kind of like a backup. She's there. She knows what she's getting into. She's been, uh, she's seen Maul before. She knows kind of how to handle him. She knows what to expect from him. So nothing that Maul can throw at her right. would really uh, surprise her. Uh, but yeah, they go in, they go into Mandalore. Now, this is a big deal. Uh, when the Republic shows up to Mandalore, there is a treaty that the basically the Republic will not, you know, interfere with Mandalorian business. And this could actually spark a, another war, which, man, <laughs> I mean, Obi-Wan was saying this, this can you know, start another war. Yeah. He's like, well, we're not done with the one we're in now. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of, you know, it wears him down to where Obi-Wan, almost like a uh, like a wife that's fed up with you bugging her, is just like, it's almost like, oh, just do whatever you want. And he kind of walks away. <laughs> well, did you know who the female uh, Mandalorian was? That was Sadine's sister, who was Obi-Wan's uh, forbidden love, for I mean, per se. I mean, he right. had that relationship that I guess, you know, Jedi aren't supposed to have. Yeah, I'm glad they did bring that up in the episode. It was kind of the elephant in the room. Um, Obi-Wan didn't have much to say about it, though. It was kind of like, I mean, he just kind of stood, he walked that Jedi line, right? Where it's, you know, you know, I'm sorry that for her loss, and she's one with the Force, and uh, he kind of had to, like, uh, bury his feelings deep down, like, uh, you know, the Jedi of that time did. Yeah, you know, he, there had been a part of him that wanted to storm in. Oh, yeah. And kind of do his thing because once he when he was there during that whole storyline in Clone Wars, I mean he was ripping it up. So it was fun watching him do that. But yeah, I mean they go and they go to Mandalore and there's a you see the you see the Mandalorians in a fight for really the first time. You see them versus or you know the clones going back and forth and the clones are getting kind of butt kicked. Right. But I mean for the most part the clones were being sucked in. It was basically a trap. They were trying to pull them into a certain area. And uh, they were successful at that. Now, they didn't expect Rex and the other uh, Mandalorian to storm, like, basically the Capitol building. So that happened, and then Ahsoka was in the tunnels down there, and that's when she seen Darth Maul. Now, Darth Maul was disappointed in seeing her. He wanted Obi-Wan. Yeah. Which, understandably, I mean, Obi-Wan sliced him in half, and he hasn't seen him since. <laughs> well, there is one thing I wanted to mention, too, kind of even before that scene, just the the huge action scene with them falling to the planet side, you know, where Ahsoka's kind of leaping from ship to ship. Um, she's got Mandalorians buzzing around her. She, you know, leaps on top of one, kind of slices at their jetpack, right? They go off flying, then she leaps off them to land on a ship. Um, of, uh, you know, one of her fellow troopers who can't seem to get the ejection seat to work and to pop out. So he, she uses her lightsaber to get him out and save him. Um, just this whole scene, a huge epic action scene of just Ahsoka being totally uh, badass. And uh, then she lands with the kind of a superhero landing down on the planet. And, you know, she mentions that she she beat Rex in the little race that they were in. <laughs> I just <laughs> thought that was I thought that was an epic, just a really great scene. 
yeah, no, that was actually fun seeing, yeah, seeing the Mandalorians fly around and uh, the whole basically air to air combat before yeah. they actually got the planet side uh, was, was fun to see. You actually see Mandalorians in, in action outside of, you know, the little bit of we've actually seen in, in the Mandalorian. Absolutely. So uh, you're right. I mean, you mentioned they kind of go down into the catacombs as a troop, as a unit um, led by Ahsoka, and you've got uh, her surrounding troopers with her. Uh, troopers with her, um, kind of her face markings, you know, her, you know, they, they've marked up their helmets to, to kind of look like Ahsoka, uh, which I thought was a, a nice nod to her um, to show that, you know, they're supportive. Uh, but anyway, it almost turns into a horror movie where these guys are getting picked off one by one by these, uh, this Mandalorian group, I guess Darth Maul's Mandalorian group down there in these catacombs, kind of scary. Yeah, no, it was fun to watch. I mean, and you kind of, you see Ahsoka kind of following where they're going. And she doesn't realize, and then everyone up top side realizes she's walking into a trap. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I I want to see where they pick up from this next episode, because we all, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen you know Rebels, but you know Maul doesn't die. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maul, Maul survives. Maul uh, can't die. That guy's the cockroach of the Star Wars galaxy. I mean, even when we thought he was dead back in Phantom Menace, nope, he's he's been back quite a bit since then. Well, even Obi-Wan addressed that before he left. Said, good luck killing him. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> or something down those lines. Yeah. So uh, we know he gets away. But, I mean, I wanna, I'd like to see exactly how they proceed with this and what goes on. Will we see Anakin again? Will we see Obi-Wan? Will we see anybody from the Republic, you know, Jedi-wise, assist, you know, Anna, uh, Ahsoka in her little uh, adventure here? So I think she's kind of walking that line. She's walking that Mace Windu line. Because I can right. see that she still has that, you know, that Jedi in her. But you can also see her harnessing some of the I want to I want to kill you. I want to beat you, and, and that's then that's pure dark side. Well, earlier in the episode, when Obi Wan was kind of you know debating which route they were going to go, and that he would have to convene with the Council, um, he ended up getting word that uh, the Separatists and the uh, the droids were now attacking or on their way to attack Coruscant. Uh, which was kind of a big deal. And if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of where Revenge of the Sith opens up, where um, there's a huge battle above Coruscant and uh, Palpatine's there. So if I'm to take that, that uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, they kind of leave from this episode into the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, I don't I don't think we may see a, another encounter between Ahsoka and Anakin until, you know, they fight in Rebels where, you know, uh, Anakin yes, is Vader. clearly Vader, yeah. You know, I didn't. I didn't you know, draw a comparison or, or connect the dots. I should say, uh, that's that's an awesome pickup. Uh, yeah, this may, may be the end of them, and uh, we see them as those two together. Yeah, and I have heard. I mean, this may be spoilers, and it may not even be true, but I have heard that um, you know these episodes are kind of dedicated to um, Ahsoka and Maul's point of view for when uh, uh, Order sixty six goes down. Um, so, I mean, that would kind of fall in line timeline wise with, with Revenge of the Sith as well. All right. And note, note this will answer as well. She's with Rex. Yeah. Rex survives order 66. Right. So if they're together and technically she's not a Jedi. So even if it went down, she wouldn't have been a target. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. believe so. So I don't, I want to see that. That's another angle. Is if that's the idea and Rex is with her yeah. now, Commander Rex uh, how does this all? How's how's this play out? And it'd be cool to see it from uh from Darth Maul's perspective because he's sitting back. And all of a sudden, all these clones are now attacking you know the Jedi. Yeah, 
He's probably thinking, what the hell's going on now? Or the opposite. I mean, maybe he's well aware of what Order 66 is. I mean, he was uh, Palpatine's apprentice for those years. Maybe he had more of an inkling of uh, what the final endgame was and just kind of kept it close to the vest this whole time. And then when he died, he separated, obviously. Well, well, he did. He separated from his waist. He died, in quota- <laughs> quotation marks, I should say. Uh, he got separated from you know, Palpatine, and Palpatine took up... Right. Uh, Darth Plagueis, and he kind of fell by the wayside. Now you got to know that Palpatine knew he wasn't dead. Oh yeah, Palpatine. Yeah, he know. I mean, he, he made. He just no longer served a purpose for him. Right. But uh, yeah, no, that that'd be pretty cool for him to, to see that. I mean, if he, I don't think it's stretched to think that he knew what was coming. So if he sits back and all of a sudden he's sitting on you know some mountaintop and all of a sudden he sees all these Jedi you know being attacked and. And them all falling, he's probably, he's probably sitting back with a beer laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a sight. So what do you think of it to this point? I mean, I know you ha- aren't as deep into the Clone Wars series as I am. You're yeah. more uh, snippets of it than really this season. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm liking it quite a bit. I mean, I feel like there was a bit of a lull. I think it opened up big with um, the new characters, the Bad Batch. I thought they were uh, fun to watch. Um, I was kind of sad to see their arc end, but at the same time, you know, I, I guess, you know, I just haven't been used to the structure of the show and that's kind of how the show has been, uh, this far each season. Um, but yeah, the episode where Ahsoka is kind of finding her way, you know, in the, the underground of Coruscant, it was okay. It kind of felt like a stopgap. I understand what you said though. It kind of leads her to the Mandalorians. Once she gets to Mandalore, um, with some of the characters that we knew from earlier in the Clone Wars, uh, once, especially once she is back uh, with the Jedi Council, interacting with Obi Wan and Anakin, things really ramped up, man. So I, I cannot wait until the next episode to see what happens. Yeah, no, I've already kind of ex- you know, expressed this to you. I think the Ahsoka sisters timeline uh, could have been cut an episode. They, yeah. they could have done what they were looking to do within two episodes. One episode would have been rushing it, right? And I don't want to ru- something like that. Something an awakening of a character. Uh, realization where she should be, what she should be doing. Uh, that needs definitely in a 20, 23 minute episode. Uh, that needs two episodes. Yeah. The, the third episode was much. I sat, I sat back watching that second episode and I was like, I just, I just wasn't enthused. I was like, I mean, we're in the final season here and I feel like you're not, they're not going all the way through and giving us everything that we can possibly get. Uh, but you're right. As soon as uh, you know, Ahsoka met up with Anakin and Obi Wan and went to Mandalore. I feel like the pace picked up quick, and that episode was over in a blink of an eye. And uh, that was the ninth episode, the latest episode. Um, and apparently, this is a season of twelve episodes in total. Uh, so that leaves episode ten, eleven, twelve, three more episodes of the Clone Wars as a series, and then it's done. Oh, that's so sad. I love this series. I was so pumped <laughs> when they brought it back. But you know what? I guess beggars can't be choosers. They're giving us a lot of Star Wars content nowadays. Yeah. Uh, between this, uh, there was word that they're working on another live action series. So this whole pandemic thing is slowing that down. Right. Uh, you can go ahead. I shared it on the Dad and Rock page, so you can kind of check that out if you want to. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2, I think, is a wrap already, and they're working on Season 3. So, I mean, they're full four. Then the High Council series that's coming out. So it's definitely a golden era of Star Wars. Now, it's up to you and your opinion if 
uh, what is good and what's not good. But I mean, between all the content, and you're, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're bound to find something that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, and you got the right people behind this. I mean, you got Favreau, you got Filoni. They're going to end this thing uh, best it could possibly be ended, I think. So I think we're just in for a treat these next three episodes. I wholeheartedly agree with you. So uh, I mean that's 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 pretty much much it right now in the you know, Star Wars Clone Wars here. Like you said, we have a few more episodes left, and we'll we'll probably revisit it again once uh, that last episode drops to kind of give you guys our overall opinion on the you know the full show. And uh, you know Sean is over here grinning like a you know, little schoolgirl right now, and he's throwing me off I'm my game. I'm waiting to uh, get in the car. Oh. <laughs> but uh, right about now, we're ready to you know, jump in that car and just cruise yes. right into the cheesy. So, uh, Sean, sir, what do you got going for us today? So, yeah, I, you know, I built a PC, uh, so this one's kind of uh, personal computer-related here. What are a computer's favorite snacks? I have no idea. What is it? Well, it's got a few. It's got uh, microchips, fish sticks, and cookies, but just a few bites of each. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that punchline just kept on going. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so yours was computer-building-related. You know, Mine's more of a homeschooling my son related. So I know he would kind of get a kick out of this one here. So uh, it's going to fall flat on you. <laughs> <laughs> so how many apples grow on trees? Um, I don't know. How many? All of them. Where else would they grow? <laughs> no, see, that's the kind of joke that I do. I do enjoy. That reminds me of like the old, uh, why was the fireman buried behind the hill? Why's that? Because he was dead. <laughs> oh, so that's why you liked my dinosaur <laughs> joke on Facebook. Why don't dinosaurs clap? Because they're all dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like a joke that takes a left turn unexpectedly, and that's good. <laughs> I put it on there. I wasn't sure how it was going to be received, and I seen you laugh at it. I was like, awesome, at least you got it. <laughs> all right, so I think we rebounded a little bit. I think those were a little bit better. I enjoyed yours. Yeah, now we set the bar too high for next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's a good stop, spot to go ahead and say close the show here. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and this is a good spot for the Dad in the Rock podcast to be signing off. Roger, Roger. Roger.